book of Romans, from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. I invite you to follow along with me in your own personal Bible, or you can uh, follow along the Pew Bible in front of you, or on the back of your order of worship. A reading from Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Tony Campolo, um, some of you may have heard that name. He was a, um, a well-known preacher and teacher uh, for about, gosh, probably 40, 50 years now. He, he came to Mississippi College to speak one time when I was a student over there. But uh, he, he, Tony Campolo was a preacher, but he also was a teacher uh, of psychology at Eastern University, which is a university in the Pennsylvania area. So Tony Campolo was well-known, was, was a well, highly, highly regarded speaker, so he would travel you know, across the world, teaching and preaching. And he, he, he would, like I said, he came from Philadelphia to Clinton, you know, 30 years ago. He, he was well-known and well-regarded and was a great speaker. So he would fly and travel a lot. And we all know that there really is nothing better in creation than flying. It is a joy. It's easy. Uh, security is a breeze. Those middle seats are so comfortable. I mean, it's just, just glorious to fly. It's all of our, our greatest joys in life. And so sometimes when Tony would fly, he would not want to. Sometimes when you're flying, you want to talk to the person next to you. Sometimes you don't. So Tony was an ordained Baptist minister, also a psychology teacher. So he said he learned what to do. On the flights he flew, when he would have to fly across the world, he was looking forward to having a conversation with his seatmate. They would always say, well, what do you do for a living? He said, if I wanted to talk, I would tell him I'm a psychologist. And we would talk the entire flight. It was great. He said, but if I did want to talk to them, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a Baptist preacher. And they'd leave him alone. So Tony said he learned quickly, you know, how to get people to talk or not to talk to him. You know, I, I kind of I run, run into that as well. It, it's funny, one of our, our, our weekend custodians, Mike, he, he saw me one day here at a meeting after, the, it was late in the afternoon, it was a, kind of a late meeting, and I was there kind of directing traffic, and I was dressed like I dressed most of my life. I had on a pair of khakis or some blue jeans and a shirt, and he said, whoa, I've never seen you not wearing a bow tie. I'm like, yeah, like four hours on Sunday, and then weddings and funerals, and that's about it. The rest of my life, I'm in a pair of khakis and a button-up shirt. That's, that's kind of what I wear. So um, whenever, um, it's funny, you know, when I'm out in public and I'm wearing either, um, usually my, my, my collar that I wear sometimes when I'm out, um, when I'm out in that, people always, you know, I get doors open for me. People treat me real nice in the restaurant. It's, it's kind of fun, you know, when I'm wearing the collar, get the special treatment. But most days when I'm just dressed like normal and I'm having a conversation with somebody, it's interesting. When I'm just talking to folks, I'm dressed like a normal person. Um, they ask, what do you do for a living? And I'll say, well, I'm a preacher. Usually the next thing out of their mouth is, I'm really sorry for cussing just then. You know, <laughs> I really like the book of Esther. I'm like, well, I do too, but we we're talking about football. We don't have to talk about Esther. We can talk about football. It's okay. You know, I typically don't tell folks I'm a preacher when I'm in public. Because they treat me different when they know I'm a preacher. I'm no longer a real person. I'm kind of a China doll. 
okay, let's talk about Esther or let's talk about that new song. I'm like, but we were talking about football. Football's fine to talk about. Yeah, I don't, I don't tell them I'm pre I'm a preacher, not because I'm ashamed, but because I want to really get to know people. Whenever they know I'm a preacher, they put on their preacher voice, their, 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 their church voice. They stop cussing. And they don't treat me like I'm a real person. That's okay. That's part of it. But we do that. We have our, our church voice and our real voice. The way we talk when we come into church and the way we talk the rest of our life. We have our, okay, we all grew up in the South. All of y'all, most of us did. All y'all had church clothes. You wear your church clothes to church, but you better not go home and play, play in your church clothes. You take your church clothes off, then you put on your play clothes, and then you play. Okay? My mom and daddy, as they've gotten older, they stopped driving as much. So they have their regular car they take to Walmart, and they have the newer car, which is about 20 years old, but it's newer. They take that car to church. That's their church car. You know? We've all got our church clothes. We've all got our, our church voice. We've all got our church attitude. And then we got the real us, if you will. Not the real us, but the rest of us. You know, because I'm a Christian. So if I'm a Christian, that means, like, I really want to listen to Uptown Funk, but I've got to listen to K-Love because I'm a Christian, right? You know? I really want to watch Batman, but I'm a Christian, so I've got to watch Fakes and the Giants on Endless Loop, right? I mean, that's what we do, right? We're Christians, so we really want to listen to six hours of Uptown Funk, or maybe that's just me. But we can't because we're Christian, and Christians aren't allowed to do that. So we have our Christian stuff and our regular stuff. That's one of the reasons why I preach so much about pop culture in my sermons. Not just to make you think I'm a real person, which I try to be, but because I believe you can find the gospel there. I mean, you can't listen to Les Mis and not see the gospel there. You know, when you're watching a, a, a popcorn movie like The Avengers and you see people that are willing to lay down their life for a bigger ideal, you say, well, it's kind of the gospel. Like, you know, as a Christian, I can see the gospel all over the place. I don't just see the gospel in Christian things, but I can see the gospel in every area of our life. But what we do so often is we do like we used to do with kids with our church clothes. We segregate things. We, we, we have their, I mean, the these terms are going to sound weird, but we have the, the classical division is between the sacred, the stuff of God, and the profane. Profane, not cussing, but profane meaning stuff that is not of God. And so we make that divide. We have God's stuff and, and the rest of our stuff. God's stuff, and, you know, we give God an hour on Sunday, or we give God time in the morning, or we give God, we give God you know, part of our money. We do these things here. But then the rest of our life is kind of ours. This is our stuff over here, our time, our schedule, our money, our stuff. And we'll give, we'll give God his stuff. Yeah, we'll give him, we'll give him some, some stuff of ours. Here you go, God. Here's this. But the rest of it's ours. And we make this division. So I think that's why we focus on these things that we feel like we have to do sometimes. Because that's what Christians do, right? But look at what Paul says today. What Paul says today. Paul doesn't see this division 
between God's stuff and our stuff. But Paul says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. That's what we are. We are a living sacrifice. Every act of our life. Everything. Not just the holy time sitting in church with our church clothes on. Those frustrating times when you're stuck in traffic on the interstate. Every act of our life is an act of worship. And by wearing the right glasses and seeing things the right way, we learn to see that God transcends this hour of worship on Sunday. But that God exists throughout all of our life. The psalmist says, the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. And that all of our life, all of our life, all of our life is an act of worship to God. Let me tell you, uh, some of you are familiar with the message translation. That was a translation done by Eugene Peterson to try to put scripture in a real modern voice. Let me tell you how Eugene Peterson uh, translates this passage we read this morning. This is from the message translation of Romans 1 through 2, Romans 12, 1 through 2. So here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it even without thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best in you, develops well-formulated maturity in you. Take your everyday life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Every act of our life is an act of worship. God transcends just this moment now. Our faith does not end. Our worship does not end when we leave behind this place. But our worship continues every moment of our life because every moment of our life is a gift of God. And as Holly told the kids this morning, if you do it, and you enjoy it, that enjoyment is a gift of God. And when we do it, we do it for the best of our ability, for God's glory. Colossians 3, 17, all things you do in word or deed, do them to the glory of God the Father, through Jesus Christ the Son. There is no moment of our life that can be unholy because God is with us. We're called to live as God wants us to live and do what God wants us to do. But we have no distinction between this moment here where God is here and then we leave here and we go back to our regular life. No, God goes with us. And what happens is that every act of our life is worship. This, you know, we're talking in this month, I'm sorry, in the season of Lent, about these ordinary disciplines. And today's discipline is giving. But see, I think our giving transcends. We, We always think giving with money. And our giving to God transcends money, but it's all of our life. God doesn't just want. See, we, we think 
okay, God, we have this stuff here, but we're going to give you part of our stuff. We're going to give you, God, part of our time. Last week we talked about business. We're going to give you part of our schedule. God, we're going to take our stuff here, and we're going to give to you from our stuff. And God, look at what we're doing. We're giving to you out of our stuff. And that's the exact wrong way to look at it. It's not that God, we're giving to God out of our stuff. It's that all of life is already God's stuff. If we have it, it was his gift to us. And we're not giving to him from ours, but all of it is God's. It's God's time. It's God's resources. It's God's gift. And if he's given to you, given it to you, and you enjoy it, that's a gift. Do it for his glory. Work for his glory. Play sports for his glory. Go to school for his glory. Watch the Avengers for his glory. All of life is God's gift to us. We are a living sacrifice. Our very life is an act of worship. Our very breathing is an act of worship. So we don't give to God out of our stuff. We give to God out of all that he has given us. See, but this takes discipline because I don't want to do it. I want to just make my life. If I can just make my life uh, an hour on Sunday or a certain thing I do, then that's easy to do. That's easy to check off the list. I want the to-do list. I love a to-do list, man, y'all. I, I'll, like, I'll like create a to-do list and go back and add stuff on it that I've already done just to check it off. I love me a to-do list. It helps the squirrel in my brain stay focused. Here's God's to-do list for you. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. In other words, all of your life, that's God's to-do list. He wants all of it. He doesn't just want part of it. He wants all of it. And so when we give him all of our life, we find God present with us in all of our life. We see it's all for his glory. And so our disciplines, when I read the Bible in the morning, that discipline, y'all remember the great theological work, uh, Karate Kid? Daniel-san could not karate kick the bad guy in the face. So he first learned how to wax Mr. Miyagi's car. Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. That gave him the fundamentals for how to kick the bad guy in the face. The stuff we do, the worshiping together, that's a fundamental that builds the spine for our life so that we can give to God. Our reading of our Bible in the morning, that's a fundamental that builds the spine for how we can see God. Our praying, that builds the spine for the fundamentals for how we can do this. Our tithing and our giving, it gets, that builds the fundamentals for how we can learn to be generous all of our life. The stuff of God, these disciplines, these are the spines of our life that teach us how to give and how to serve and how to see God. They're essential for they're the backbones of our life. But they're not the totality of our life. For we are a living sacrifice. Every act of our life is an act of worship. It's an act of giving glory to God. Through his grace, there are no unholy moments. 
Through his grace, there are no wasted moments. Through his grace, there are no unimportant people. But through his spirit, we learn to see the holiness of God that extends from beyond this time and place, but extends to all of our life. For our entire life is an act of worship to God. We are a living sacrifice. So yeah, let's give to God what he deserves. Let's give our time. Let's be faithful in worship. Let's give our resources. Let's tithe. Let's give. But let's realize that all of our life, all of our life is an act of worship to God. And when we fully worship, not just now, but in all of our life, we learn to see the glory of God in all places. May his glory fall. And may we learn to see God in each moment of our life. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you for your grace. God, we thank you for your glory, which falls upon all of us each day. God, help us to know your love more and more each day. Thank you. We love you. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is going to be hymn number 399, Take My Life and Let It Be. During this final song, if you've never made the decision to put your full faith in Jesus,